0: amen. You guys can be seated. Amen. My name is Grant. I am one of the pastors here. We are uh, excited to have you here with us this morning. Uh, I got a question for you guys as we get going. What do we imitate? What are some things that come to your mind when you think of things that we uh, imitate? You got a few ideas just to kind of get things rolling for you this morning. Uh, things you may imitate maybe clothing styles. Uh, you may see what somebody else wears, and you may want to wear something similar to that. Uh, apparel from a celebrity, from a sports star. You may, you may want to wear uh, the Air Jordan shoes if you like that style, and that's what you're going for. Uh, sometimes we may even uh, imitate a, a shot, a, a catch. Uh, when you're out there playing basketball, you often hear people, when they make a shot, yell out, Colby, uh, or when they're out there playing catch with a the football, they may try to impersonate uh, Odell Beckham Jr., that amazing one-handed catch that he uh, did. Uh, we often find ourselves imitating other people's gestures, behaviors, and even attitudes. And we uh, often imitate people around us. The people around us influence us, and we imitate them. We uh, sometimes imitate the shows that we watch, the things that we listen to. I got a few images up on the screen. Going to show you guys real quick. Uh, this first person is. Dolly, so Dolly Parton, so she once entered a Dolly Parton look-alike contest and lost. (laughs) She couldn't even win her own look-alike contest, Um, but we love Dolly. Uh, Next one, you may not recognize the photo, but you may recognize the name. It was by the name of Frank Abagnale Jr. They made a movie about him, uh, Catch Me If You Can, starring uh, Tom Hanks and Leo. Anyway, at the age of 16, he began imitating airline pilots and got hundreds of miles in free flights all across the country because he was imitating airline pilots. And it goes on, uh, the story goes even further than that as to what all he did. This next one, the king, Elvis, right here. Elvis is said to be the most imitated person. Uh, that was a celebrity music star, famous person, the most imitated celebrity estimated that tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people, imitate him every single year. Uh, they say a lot of people say it's uh, contributed to his distinctive Las Vegas outfits, uh, his jump, jumpsuits, mannerisms, uh, the hairstyles. Uh, there's even something called Elvisology, like the study of Elvis, and this place offers courses that you can take to better be like Elvis. Who's signing up for that one? Uh, that's going to be an HC group next uh, semester, so just get ready. Um, but uh, seriously, though, if you were to ask the question, who are you imitating? What would your answer be? Who are you imitating? And I invite you to go ahead and turn uh, your copy of God's Word to Ephesians chapter 5. If you're watching online, you can use your tablet or device, whatever it is that you use. I invite you to turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, Going to do a little bit of what Keaton did last week where we uh, won't start at the beginning of the chapter. We're actually going to start the verse right before that. So you can go ahead and turn to uh, chapter 4, verse 32. Uh, But this uh, letter to the church uh, in Ephesus, it's written by Paul to a young, growing church in a city ridden with sin, full of sin. Uh, The first three chapters of Ephesians are more theology, like what you believe, and the last three chapters, the last three chapters that we're going to focus on are more about application, like what do you do? First three chapters more about what you believe, like, okay, who you are and whose you are. The last three chapters are going to be more of this is what you do. There's 35 commands in the last three chapters in the book of Ephesians. Uh, Two weeks ago, Todd talked about how we can rejoice. Church, we can rejoice because our names are registered in Heaven. And last week, Keaton shared with us that we can also rejoice. We can rejoice because Christ lives in us. And we are to be perfect, mature, and complete in Christ. So we, the believer, the follower of Jesus, we, the believer, can rejoice. And we have much to be thankful for, for what our God has done for us. And in return, we need to live our lives for him. We need to talk the talk and walk the walk. And so Paul is writing this letter to this early church, this new church, saying, Hey, look, you guys are in a bad place, a rough place. You need to look different. You need to look different. So we come to our big takeaway this morning. It's going to be up on the screen. Simply this Reflect Christ. I'm going to have you guys say it with me one time, and the only time you have to say it with me this morning, and I'm counting three one, two, three. There you go. Reflect Christ. That's what we want to do. Uh, To reflect, if you were to look it up in the dictionary, means to show an image of, to show an an image of, or embody or represent something in a faithful way. That's what the the dictionary defines that word as. Um, I remember uh, growing up being told, "Be on your best behavior. Make sure you behave because you are a reflection on your parents, the ones raising you, the ones teaching you how to behave, how to be act." That's why those sayings come. Come up, the apple doesn't fall, fall far from the tree, uh, chip off the old block. And so, just like us as Christians, we need to realize as followers of Christ that we are a reflection of Christ by the way we act, by the way we live, by the way we behave. Um, And so, I was like that. Early on in kindergarten, a reflection of my parents didn't do such a great job. Uh, In kindergarten, no one ever told me you're not supposed to cut a person's hair during nap time. Uh, Apparently, that's a rule out there. They want to make up rules they can. I never heard that, Uh, but I learned that one the hard way. And so, sorry, mom and dad, but um, that was a a, a way that I acted and behaved that wasn't a good reflection on them. Uh, So I've learned since then. I haven't cut anybody's hair since. Um, But here in this passage, we're going to be. Uh, Paul is just writing to this early church saying, look, look different. You need to act different. You need to be different. He's saying to the Ephesians that they have all these things in Christ. Christ has done so much for us that in return we need to live our lives for him. If you will, begin reading with me in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Again, Ephesians 4 starts off with all these commands. So Paul's saying, hey, do this, do that. I invite you if, you, if you guys get a chance, flip through Ephesians. You can look at uh, ver- uh, chapters 4, 5, and 6. Try to find all 35 commands in there, but we're going to jump into verse 32. It says, instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. We go into verse 1 in chapter 5. It says, imitate God. Therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. It says, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. So we talked earlier about some things that we imitate. But here, Paul's writing to the church. He's writing to us to imitate God. To imitate God. And so Paul's saying we need to live our lives as Christ did. So we need to do what he did, say what he said, think the way he thinks, live the way he lived, treat people the way he treated people, forgive how he forgave. And we need to display the fruits of the Spirit. Live out the word of God. Walk the walk, talk the talk, look different. Paul's saying to express love as God. Does and in order to in order to imitate God, in order to reflect God, we need to follow Jesus, to realize who we are and whose we are, and we need to be obedient to his word. Second Corinthians chapter five verses fifteen and seventeen says, He died for everyone, so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ. Who died and was raised for them. Verse 17 says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. So, you, follower of Jesus, at one point in your life, you made the decision to say, I'm done living my way. I'm ready to live for God. You made the decision to give your life to Christ. Repent of your sins, turn away from your sins, and not my way, but his way. The new life has begun. And so for anyone that's been saved, like, we, we've done that. That is our identity. Our identity is in Christ. We need to live this life and realize that it's for him. The old life is gone, deceased, ended, finished, kicked the bucket, pushing daisies, and the new life has begun. We are in Christ, and this is where we find our identity. And a quick little thing here just to let you guys know, like, our identity is not in some job. It's not in some achievement thing we've done in the past, some club, some group that we were in, not a party, an activity, a club, but in Christ and in Christ alone is where we find our identity. And so some of us this morning may be hanging on to some of those former identities, some things that we say, well, this is what defines me. Maybe an action that you've done, something you've done before that you feel like defines you. That is not what defines you. Christ defines And we need to be careful, we need to be careful that it's not a fraternity, sorority, sports team, job, club, activity, that these are not defining us. We need to be careful from joining these and giving too much of ourselves to these things and make sure that they do not give us a false identity. Um, There's going to be an image that pops up on the screen. Many of you have probably seen The Lion King. Uh, It's been out for a little bit. Um, And so I invite you guys to check it out if you haven't. So a lot of you guys are probably familiar with this movie. Uh, Simba, he's the little uh, lion cub. And so kind of jumping through part of the story, Simba uh, is next in line to be uh, the king of the lions. Ends up getting ran out of the pride and uh, runs across this desert. And he ends up finding uh, a couple of friends. And their names are? Timon and Pumbaa, there you go. And they like to sing Hakuta Matata, yada, yada, yada. And so uh, Simba finds himself with Timon and Pumbaa, and they kind of like adopt him. They kind of take him in, and so he starts hanging out with them. He starts spending more and more time with them, and he starts doing the things that they did. Uh, He starts uh, living with them. He starts eating like they did. He starts eating all these bugs. Uh, He starts dancing like them, singing like them. And so he starts to look more and more like Timon and and Pumbaa. But there's a part in the story where Simba has to be reminded, and he comes to uh, his dad, and his dad says, in my best James Earl Jones voice that I can do, remember who you are. You're not supposed to be playing with a meerkat and a warthog. You've been called to something better and greater than that. And some of us need to be reminded of the same. We need to remember who we are. The oldest God. God has given us an identity in Christ. Do you know how many times the word Christian is used in the Bible? Zero. Zero times because you are in Christ. Paul says you are in Christ 36 times in the book of. Of Ephesians, and it's used 167 times in his writings. That you are in Christ. We, followers of Jesus, are in Christ. We no longer live for ourselves. We need to imitate God. We need to reflect Christ. Reflect Christ. Church, may we reflect Christ. So Paul says, imitate God. So we've read the first few verses in in Ephesians chapter 5. And then he goes into this list. Okay, Remember, there's 35 commands in chapters 4, 5, and 6. He goes into this list. If you're going to imitate God and be holy and blameless and righteous, then you ought to know what you should do, and you ought to know what you not should do. So he's listing these things. Hey, do this, don't do this. Christ is, is our example, God in the flesh. Remember his example and reflect Christ. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. If you turn on the TV, if you open up your phone, it won't take you long to find sexual immorality, impurity, or greed that's floating around out there and constantly in our faces. Don't let a screen have a greater influence on you than the Word of God greed. The Ephesians had a God of wealth. You'd be fooling yourself if you think we don't have the same thing today. Remember Paul is writing this to this early young church. It's in the city of sin. This city would have had all sorts of idolatry, all sorts of false worship, would have had like a modern day Hogwarts out there. The city is filled with all these things and he's telling them, look, you have to imitate God. And if you want to imitate God, you Better not do these things. You need to look different. The things I'm writing to you, the things I'm telling you, these are things that would make you a bad neighbor. These are the things that would make you a bad follower of Christ. Continue reading uh, verse four. It says, obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. They stunt your growth and maturity. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey Him. And that's harsh to hear. But it's truth. We just heard about God being love and kind. We know Christ gave himself up for us. And then we see don't be impure, immoral, greedy. Like, what's going on? God has called us to be holy. And we need to act like it. You can't participate in these things and still follow God. It doesn't go that way. It doesn't work that way. 1 Peter 1 verse 15 says, But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. We're going to talk the talk. we got to walk the walk. Paul is saying this is the way you ought to be. And he's saying these are the things you shouldn't be associated with. Apart from Christ, these are the reasons you go to hell. These are the reasons you are separated from God. He's saying at one time you were full of darkness, but now you need to live as one who is not in the darkness. And so we're about to see verses 7 through 14 as we jump into this next section. He's going to give this theme of light and darkness. And we see that take shape here. Verse 7 says, Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. In secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. We read this this morning already. For the light makes everything visible. Darkness is ignorance of God, it's being blinded and overcome and ridden with sin. And Paul's saying, Look, get away from it, run from it, flee from it. We do not need to be living in darkness. He's saying, "Stay away, avoid them." But the follower of Jesus, who has been saved, forgiven, and redeemed, who is in Christ, is saying, "Live as people of light." Uh, verse uh, five through seven from 1 John chapter one is going to be up on the screen. This is the message we heard from Jesus, and now I declare to you: God is light, and there is no darkness in Him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. But the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If you've made the decision to follow Jesus, giving your life over to him, believing in him that he has overcome the grave and defeated death, and in doing so, taken upon your sin, paying the price for your sins, you made the decision to follow Jesus and give your life to him, Church, we, we are living in the light. We need to be living as people of light. Paul's saying, look, stop looking like them. You can't come here on Sunday mornings and then leave here and go act however you want it to. That's not how it works. You can't have it both ways. We need to reflect Christ, which is showing image of Jesus. And we need to embody and represent him in a faithful way. He continues in verse 14. He says, for the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Verse 15, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Verse 14 says, awake, O sleeper, being spiritually dead, not knowing Christ. He's equated with being asleep. For some of us, maybe we even made the decision at one point to follow Jesus, but we find ourselves more asleep than awake. He write it up as spiritual laziness. Those living in darkness, those living in sin, those spiritually asleep. Stop hitting the snooze button. I hate it just as much as you, but stop hitting that snooze button. Wake up, rise up. Be the people of light. To the one living in darkness, Paul gives a call. He wants your address so he can mail you something in the mail, an invitation saying, let's go. It's time to wake up. Stop living in darkness. Wake up from your slumber. Do you realize what God has done for you? He says, awake, O sleeper. This darkness you're living in, it doesn't have to continue. The sin you keep finding yourself in over and over again, it can stop. You can make that decision today to follow Jesus and give your life over to him. It's one thing to realize, yeah, you're caught up in sin and you're sinning. It's another thing to say, you know what, I'm done with it. I'm turning away from it, and I'm going to live my life for Jesus. The immoral, the impure, the greedy, turn away from it and turn to God. To the one who made a decision to follow Christ, But you may find yourself more asleep than awake. More tired than you have energy. Your walk with Christ just may not be what it used to be. Wake up. Turn to God. To the one who is living in the light. Be careful. Don't live like a fool, but be wise, smart. Live like Christ. Live like a lion. Don't live like a meerkat or a warthog. Make the most of every opportunity in these days and help our brothers and sisters in Christ. And maybe one of us needs to go up to somebody else and say, wake up, it's time. Wake up, sleeper, it's time to wake up. We need to reflect Christ. Reflect Christ. Whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not, you are reflecting something. You're reflecting someone. People are watching. They're seeing. I, I tell um, our, some of our senior high students all the time, uh, one thing that I, I look back on that I wish I, I would have remembered is that just, it doesn't matter if you're ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade, you know, somebody's going to be younger than you. And it doesn't matter if they may be the star athlete and you may not be in any clubs or whatever and stuff. If you're older, somebody is looking at you. Somebody is watching. Somebody is looking at your example because you're the the older one. So student, be aware of that. Be mindful of that. Someone is watching. People are seeing. They're noticing but what are you reflecting? Who are you reflecting? I've heard someone say it before that if someone asks if you're a Christian, maybe we, sh- maybe we should answer. I'm a follower of Christ, but I'll let you tell me if I'm a Christian or not. And so what if we asked our coworkers this week if they thought we were a Christian? If we asked our boss, if we asked our family members, our neighbors, our people on social media. We need to reflect Christ. Be a light, shine. You're beautiful when you do it. You're what that is. What how God made you, and we need to do what God has made us to do. Reflect Christ. So, what does this look like for you today? Its like, well, what do I need to do? Realize who you are and whose you are if you're a follower of Jesus. If you're not, I invite you to make that decision today to give your life to Christ. Turn away from your sin and live your life for him. Maybe it means stop being mean to people. Stop talking about people and start loving them better. Maybe Maybe for you it means stop finding your identity in other things that keep telling you that you're not good enough, that you're not better enough. Realize The identity that Christ has given us could mean spending less time checking your bank account, spending more time checking your heart, uh, spending less time on that computer screen, spending more time being encouraging to other people. Listen to the commands that Paul gives to this church, saying it's time. Imitate God. Reflect Christ. Wake up. Wake up. Flee from the darkness and run to the light. In Matthew chapter five, verse sixteen, it says, "As the light of the world, we are to let our good deeds to let our good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise our heavenly Father." And so we see this theme of darkness and light. We're to live as people of light and be a light to those around us. When other people look at us, what are they seeing? And we need to be a church that is a light to this community, that is reflecting. Christ Uh, some of y'all will be starting a new routine this week some of you guys this week you know you may be in the same routine you've been in the last 10 15 20 years Uh, some of you guys may still be trying to figure out the routine that you've been in for a long time whatever you find yourself in we have the opportunity to live for Christ this week to live for Christ this week Uh, School starts back this week. I know that affects a lot of uh, teachers, students, faculty members, bus drivers, cafeteria workers, admin workers, even daycare workers, school administration, school nurses, and so many families. You have a chance to live for Christ this week. And don't let it pass by. You have a chance to live for Christ this week. Uh, I think of many of you, when I think about... uh, You know, public schools and how we have so many represented here. There's so many of you guys that teach and serve and are are part of our uh, uh, community that serve in the local public schools and have some of you guys retired, some of you guys are still serving, some of you guys are just getting started. Thank you for what you are doing. Uh, I look back to like Coach Fulcher. Uh, You know, around this time, we'd be getting ready for two days right now. Um, I wouldn't love him that much. Excuse me, I wouldn't like him that much. I would love you, but um, getting ready for those football practices. Um, But the example that... I'd see him and Miss Becky here on church on Sundays to live that out, that example. I remember always going to the counselor's office, seeing Miss Lita Gattis, uh, Miss Donna Elmore, always stopping by to visit you guys. So sorry for constantly bothering you guys, but thanks so much for just being here on Sundays, loving students, but also loving students throughout the week. Uh, Coach Ginther, I remember when I was a senior in high school, it was like your first year at Benton, and you took your time to coach a group of senior high school boys in basketball, uh, We won the championship, FYI, uh, so thanks for your coaching skills and stuff. It took the time out of his routine just to spend some time with some students in the area. There's too many names to mention. I am so thankful, so grateful for each and every one of you, whether you're a teacher or not, or even work at a school or not, for pouring into others, for investing in others, and being a light to others. Let's keep going. It doesn't stop. Let's keep going. Let's keep it up. And remember, students, you have a huge impact this week. Live out your faith. Your relationship with Christ is personal, but it is not private. And we need to live out our faith. Whatever workplace you find yourself in, there is someone watching you. Live for Christ. Some of you may be like, yeah, this is not going to work. I've been living a certain way for a long time. It just ain't going to happen. Some of you may need to make the decision, i got to make a 180-degree turn and live a different way. And let your employees ask, hey, man, what's different about you? What has changed? Some of you may need to do that this week. Live for Christ. Amplify Fest is taking place this weekend. There's going to be people all from our community, from across the state here. Many of y'all will be there serving. Many of y'all will be here worshiping, uh, just coming to hang out this weekend. The people coming to Amplify, though, they may not know Christ. They may have been invited by somebody. We hear stories all the time that somebody came here that didn't really know Jesus but wanted to check out what's this big concert that's taking place here. They may have gotten invited by a friend, and they may get a glimpse of our Jesus that we serve by the way you serve, by the way you worship, by the way you treat others, by the hope we have. They may get to see some of that this weekend, by the way you live. Uh, there's going to be a quote on the screen from uh, Charles Spurgeon. You know, as we, uh, he was saying that as we do imitate God, we become representatives of God. So if we imitate God, we therefore are a representative of God, especially before those who have shut God out of their lives. He says in this quote, What are we sent into the world for? Is it not that we may keep men in mind of God, whom they are most anxious to forget, If we are imitators of God, as dear children, they will be compelled to recollect that there is a God. For they will see his character reflected in ours. He says, I have heard of an atheist who said he could get over every argument except the example of his godly mother. He could never answer that. We are to be a light to those around us. We are to represent Christ to those around us. Reflect Christ. Show an image of. Represent, embody, and represent in a faithful way. And so, in order to imitate God and reflect God, we need to follow His Word. I invite you guys to do that in some way, shape, or form. Get into the Word of God. Make a habit of it. Find a, a reading plan, a regular way for you to be in the Word of God. We need to realize who we are and whose we are, that we are in Christ. And we need to be obedient to the Word of God. We have to be obedient to the Word of God. And that's what Paul was trying to tell him. You have to live it out. You have to look different. You have to be obedient. And here's the thing, guys. This is all great and grand. But if we leave here and don't live out the Word of God, if we get home and pull into the driveway go back to doing the exact same things we were doing, if we ignore the sins we're caught up in, if we remain asleep, if we keep hitting the snooze button, if we remain in darkness and go right back to where we were, then we're missing it. We're missing it. I love this illustration that Francis Chan gave. It says, um, he was telling the story about being, how we need to be obedient to God, how we need to listen and obey um, I'm going to do my best way to kind of tell it to you guys, but pretty much along the lines of, I'm going to use Sloan, for example. She's three, but imagine she was 16, and I go and have a conversation with Sloan. And I said, hey, Sloan, just saw your room. Your room's a mess. And uh, she said, yeah, yeah, Dad, I know, I know, I know. And I said, Sloan, please go clean your room. And she runs to her room, and I, I get busy doing a few things. Then she comes back to me. I said, Sloan, did you clean your room? And she says, No, no, I, I didn't, but hey, I, I memorized what you said. Like, that's great, Sloan. But did you clean your room? Okay, Dad, let me go clean my room. She runs back to her room, comes back to me, says, Sloan, did you clean your room? She says, No, but I listened to some podcasts, Googled a few other lessons, and, and watched a few sermons online about cleaning my room, but I'll get to it. I said, Sloan, please clean your room. She says, okay, Dad. Runs to her room, come back and check in on her. I said, Sloan, what are you doing? Your room's not clean. She says, it's okay, Dad. Tonight I'm going to have a small group of friends over. We're going we're to circle up in my room, and we're going to talk about cleaning my room. Sloan, that's great, but I need you to clean your room. And that's where God is with us. You can tell us and tell us and tell us, but we got to live it. We got to walk the walk and talk the talk, and they got to come together. We have to reflect Christ. Paul was writing to this church in Ephesus. You got to look different. If you come here on Sundays, Hear this, and then you go out and live just like the rest of the community. How is the community going to change? And that's the same thing for us this morning. We have an opportunity before us each and every week to live for Christ, to reflect Christ. In our schools, at Amplify, at all the workplaces and places that we represent, live for Christ and reflect Christ. And so how can you respond this morning? What can you do this week? Wake up, O sleeper. Reflect Christ. Shine bright. Turn from the darkness. Be obedient to God's word. Live it out. Church, may we reflect Christ. Father, we come before you this morning, God. God, thank you for using Paul, for using the church of Ephesus, God. how you gave them your word, how you spoke to them, God. But may we, like them, be able to put it into practice. May we not just be hearers of your word, but doers of your word. God, you have told us to imitate you, to be a representative of you, Father. May we shine the light that you have given us, the light that is in us, God. May this community be changed May families be changed. May homes be changed. May schools be changed. May the people that come to Amplify this weekend be changed for you and for your glory, Father. And pray and ask for you to move. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.